Hello and welcome to the Sobo Lens Podcast. This is Jim and Joe sharing their stories and life experiences. Sobo today for a better tomorrow. This is Life Through the Sobo Lens. Okay, good evening everyone and welcome to the newest episode of the Sober Lens Podcast. I am your failures host joe followed by my buddy jim how are you jim what is going on everyone how are you how are you joe good good happy to be back happy to be back um today i would like to talk about what i call the substitution method um we touched on it a little in conversation the two of us during the week and uh mostly it's just what what you know you think of as substituting what you used to do as addictive behaviors such as drinking or whatever it may be with new behaviors and new substances or hobbies um i'd like to talk first about you know most people i see online and in message groups and everything a lot of them are on like the seltzer water bandwagon um i know jim has a canteen uh for water um uh, actually it's a cool water bottle he actually left it at my house recently um but the seltzer water is a big thing that trends in the sober community i started on that bandwagon back you know last year i kind of not i'm not on the seltzer water bandwagon anymore i i get it from time to time but uh i've kind of fallen out of it Uh, i know a lot of people like the Lacroix waters and i liked them as well um I kind of switched to soda, sadly, which is not very healthy uh, midway through my journey. Um, about three, four months after I got on the wagon. Um, but I also started with a lot of teas last year in the beginning. I, I was brewing my own tea and getting tea leaves from various places, uh, Earl Grey's and, and English teas and whatnot, a couple of Orientals. And... Uh, also big on the coffee bandwagon myself uh i just went to the store again yesterday to stock up on some different coffees i uh decided to give the uh gourmet version it's uh, the gourmet box of the chock full of nuts a world because i'm a big fan of the regular uh chock full of nuts out of all the canned <clears throat> coffees that are like the mainstream old school brands that like your my mother or grandmother or whatever would have used and um i'll tell you that the chock full of nuts is hands down the best of all of those kind of things uh i'm a big fan of it um but i also get the artisanal stuff i've tried uh, a lot of new england brand coffees artisanal ones uh and then like the free trade organic stuff and whatnot I know Jim is also into the coffee thing and the the water thing. I'm not sure if he's still doing the uh, the seltzer thing, but we will find out in a minute. Um, I did like the seltzer. I started to get a little bloated after um, a while with the seltzer. I did notice it gave me a little bit of bubbly, like heartburn at times. So I did switch to soda, which isn't good, like I said earlier. But uh, I'm trying now to do zero soda, like zero coke and and diet caffeine free because uh, i've been getting a little wiry because i drink so much coffee now compared to before um so uh, i'm actually keen to see jim's thoughts on these and uh, i'll let him run with it for now so uh i lost it for a few seconds there um but we're back now i don't know 
uh, my uh, connections are being spotty and whatnot. So I missed your last couple of thoughts there, but I can tell you that I try and drink a gallon of water a day. Um, and I find when I go on a run with that, it's, I usually go for days at a time, um, sometimes a month at a time. But if I stop, if I don't drink a full gallon um, throughout the day, like if I, I break it up into ounces. So I drink like four of the water bottles that are at your house. Uh, I think it's a 32 ounce water bottle. If I only drink three of them, I won't be able to drink a gallon the next day. Like I have to get, it's almost like tolerance. Like you have, to, I feel like when you miss a day, it gets all screwed up. Mm -hmm. um, so I tr try and drink a gallon of water a day. Uh, I'm big in the coffee as you are as well. Um, I enjoy all different stuff. Uh, tea, not so much, but I do have, I do enjoy, uh, lemon zinger and lemon ginger and all those teas um from time to time uh i don't i don't do the soda water anymore i used to as you said early in sobriety i think that's big for people um if i was out and with friends at dinner or something um i might get a soda and cranberry or something something to that effect mm -hmm. but i usually just do water uh so i'm basically water coffee and tea nice. for now um i don't know it's it's good that people get into the soda water i just think it gets it it does blow you up because it's you know when you when, i think when you first start early in sobriety you're eager to just not be drinking so you will drink anything that's not booze, you know, okay. you, uh, or alcohol. I know that I was, you know, if I went to a barbecue or something, uh, early in my sobriety, I'd bring a 12 pack to a barbecue of soda water and it'd be gone. Cause I drink it like I was drinking beer, right. you know, I'd, I'd hammer them down and it's like, you, you can't eat because you're so full of soda water. Yeah. It kind of gives you like, like a bloated kind of failing I've, I've seen. Yeah, I honestly, and when I do do that, uh, the regular water, I honestly just do tap water. Mm -hmm. um, if I do, I'm real picky. If I do do like, we use a Brita filter at the house, but I can't do the gallon water challenge a day. If I do ice cold water, I just can't drink it. Mm -hmm. um, tap water is what I do. I usually have try and have one in the morning. Um, you know, if I'm at work, one work or home. I'll do uh, one in the morning, one around lunch, one around dinner time, and then one. I, I kind of do one after dinner and try and wrap it up by like eight, nine o'clock, mm. and then just reset for the next day. Good. Good. So, I, I need yeah. to get on the, the regular water train. I don't drink enough water. I've been kind of getting headaches and whatnot, probably from only drinking like things or caffeine, I'm guessing, uh, throughout I mean, the day. I do, when I do do coffee, I do just cream, no sugar. Mm -hmm. um, and I've noticed a big difference just from, just from cutting no sugar, you know. That's good. Yeah. So I, uh, I do uh splendor or equal. If I do like sugar, I don't do like real sugar just to give it some taste, but I've also been getting the, uh, 
like those pre-made like kind of like coffee made things like i got like the sugar cookie one and yeah no i do that for cream i'm like yeah. I'll do, you know those are good <laughs> yeah you know I'll, I'll add a splash of that into whatever i love them I, that's actually become like a substitute thing for me i'm trying to find like new creamers to <laughs> experience the best creamer uh my my fail safe is coffee made uh french vanilla okay for those for those of you out there that are into that um i find that if you if you're a coffee drinker and you love coffee you kind of you fall into a groove and you either you, I, i'm a person that likes my strong coffee me too um death wish coffee company any espresso stuff mm-hmm. like that you know and i i limit myself to one usually some days i'll have two uh one in the morning one in the afternoon anything after that i'm just a, a I go crazy, I'm, and I'm up all night, so I try and limit myself. Yeah, I've noticed that, too, with the sleeping, like you just mentioned, uh, if you have more than, like, two cups. <laughs> when you limit yourself and you hold yourself accountable, it becomes easier to do, I, I feel, mm-hmm. you know. So I, uh, I usually have, like, like, a big cup before I, like, hit the shower in the morning just to wake up because I'm a terrible morning person, and... Then I'll, uh, once I have my bearing straight and then I'll, I'll pour one, you know, to go to bring to work in one of those, like, uh, those thermoses. <laughs> so you're already at two before you even hit work. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Cause my, you know, my big, my big ass, uh, cup, I have the, the Cheshire cat cup there from Disney. I've had that forever. That's more like two cups already. Cause it's a huge ass cup. You know what I mean? It's like probably 12 ounces. So I usually have that before I get in the shower. And then it depends now. Like, I, I can't have much more soon after. Like, I'll have – I'll bring my big-ass, like, uh, thermos thing, whatever you call those things, the Contigos. And uh, I'll, I'll have a morning meeting at work, but then I'll try to limit myself, like, not to drink the whole thing. But there's some mornings where I will drink a lot of it. Sounds like you drink a pot a day. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, it, it, that's 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 not a cup. Yeah, I have been uh, a little watery, and uh, I'll crash like midday now. So I need. To, I'm gonna try to get into other things. Like I was looking at the um, those matcha things that pop up like ads for on Instagram, the clean kind of caffeine things. I don't know anything much about them. I'm sure our viewers, listeners know more than I do, or could tell us something. Yeah. Yeah, those are, I mean, that's something, again, You're when it comes to that stuff, you're more adventurous in that department than I am. I just, I, I follow the keep it simple, stupid method and just, you know, whatever works, works. And mm-hmm. I was talking to someone recently about, as we've said before, non-alcoholic stuff, either you love them or you hate them. And uh, she runs a podcast. It's uh, Jill from the Sober Powered Podcast. And... I had said I'm approaching 500 days, uh, I think a couple days before Christmas, uh, sober. And I was like, oh, I might, you know, celebrate with uh, some non-alcoholic stuff. And Mm -hmm. she had recently bought uh, some non-alcoholic wine. And I was like, oh, my my co-host Joe loves the non-alcoholic stuff. Let me know how it is. Mm. And I was telling her that I might imbib in a couple of, you know non-alcoholic beverages and she was like why you got this far mm-hmm. 
And she's right. I mean, it's just, it's not for me, you know. I don't like to, I do get into some new trends, but I don't really, I'm, I'm from the, if it, if it isn't broke, don't fix it, you know. Well, Leave well enough alone. And thank God one of us is uh, the trendsetter of the, uh, <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> I uh I you can you can put that on your resume trend setting podcast <laughs> I commend you for knowing that you know it's just not your thing and and I would rather you not lead down any paths anyway bud um I mean I mean I if I buy you know I could end up you know buying a bunch of non-alcoholic stuff having a couple and then you'd you'd end up getting it all cuz I'd be like here you go not yeah. for me I uh I told you in a few podcasts I've tried the, the beer stuff. It's not great. I'm looking forward to whenever the Guinness Zero comes out in the new year. Supposedly they're already testing it in um, Ireland and England and Europe. And uh, I I do would like to try that because that's actually a filling, tasty kind of beer that I always. I know you did as well. Um, uh, yep. I, I definitely enjoyed Guinness. So yeah. I, I would like to try that just to see because I have not been thrilled with most of the the zero alcohol ones I've tried. I do like some of the wines uh, that I've mentioned on here. Those, because they're almost like a juice, they're more like a juice than a beer or like a mixed drink. I haven't... Li- and and that, that's what it is with the, with the NA wines. They're getting you with the, the sugar. Right. I think it was I think it was Jill I was talking to from sober powder and she was like you know i i had all this the first ingredient in every one of them is sugar and it's right. like if you're trying to cut sugar and you drink a couple glasses or even a bottle of non-alcoholic wine it's not going to do you any favors yeah yeah it's you know me and me and uh oh i i gave my mother a little bit and she liked it and i was like yeah but with you i get scared that you'll just want to pick right back up because you know she's a little behind you in the sobriety what about a month or so yeah i i don't even yeah something like that so she liked it one of the shirazes or or something i tried and i was like you know i'm kind of scared that you would want to pick up and so then i just kind of come to i think it was on thanksgiving actually and uh You, you know what you know what it is too it's almost like we're our own network like if you try something and you give it to her and she likes it then you know enough to say you know, we, we keep each other in check, too, which is cool. You know, it's like we have a, a, a mini network. Which is great. I mean, it's a great thing. Yeah. Uh, but I am looking forward to the Guinness one just to try it, but I probably won't be repurchasing any of the beers that I have again. I have, like, a bunch of them sitting in my laundry room where I keep, like, my sodas. But I wasn't a huge fan of them. And, and, and like you said, I, I mean, I'm I mean, I'm all I'm going to be a year sober in a couple of weeks. And, and yep. um, I'm kind of just over that craving phase i guess i mean we'll always have it in the back of our mind but i'm not really i'm not enthralled with any of them and they're not anything i would want to do and i like a buddy of mine uh uh, said at work he goes joe like i don't he goes i wouldn't drink it because i i just drink beer to get fucked up and i'm like yeah yeah, i guess that's a good way to put it (laughs) i mean i guess if you that's the thing you, you can't even give it away because most people it, it tastes like wet coffee. <laughs> it's, it's some are better than others but like no i he tried a few of them and he wasn't enthralled and he's like i you know if i'm gonna have a beer i want to get a little buzz and i'm like i don't blame you you know it's just you know it's not something i do anymore it's yeah it's, it's not for me you know that's that that's the school i'm from it's not for me i don't knock anyone that that is still doing their thing but mm-hmm. that's that's not me and you know, 
people kind of see people in a different light and they some people get some people might get mad some people might get jealous some people might you know oh they used to be cool and this and the next mm -hmm. thing I still am cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah, me and me and Jim are like the guy, Matthew McConaughey plays in, uh, what, what was that one uh, from the 90s where he's like, you know, freshman girls, man, I get older and they stay the same. <laughs> you got anything else? Uh, well, yeah, I wanted to do a little bit of uh, hot sauce hooligans. And, sure. uh I will say that my shipment finally arrived of the Maritime Madness hot sauces. And I gave about five of them a whirl. Um, I, five of them? Yeah, huh? well, you know, I, I just wanted to try them right out the gate to see which ones I would repurchase. So in the last few days alone, I've tried to put them on anything from, you know, cheese, salami, and crackers kind of a thing to beans and rice. And I will say some are better than others some i probably won't be repurchasing again i did not try the carolina reaper hot sauce yet which is like the max bird it's like out of a 10 scale it's called and um but i did try the light ghost pepper one uh which is very hot so i can only imagine how the the regular ghost pepper one is um it's about three times hotter than mike's uh chelsea hot sauce um so that was really good i enjoyed that one I'm one is not very hot, but it's very tasty to put on any kind of Mexican dish. You, you people would usually dig that on uh, rice and beans, things like that, burritos or tacos. Um, the habanero moonshine one is probably my favorite, other than the the light ghost pepper one. It's just got a really interesting taste, and it's it's got a nice kick. It's it's more of like your vinegary kind of hot sauce but it's it's pretty damn good compared to like ones you would buy at the grocery store like a tabasco or something um i tried the mustard pickle one which everyone raves about it's okay i i i don't think i tried it on the right stuff we've discussed this one before jim and i i was looking forward to getting it um it's okay it's i think i have to put it on sandwiches or hamburgers or hot dogs or something to yeah, any anything mustard, I think you would have to put it on like a maybe a sausage, pepper, and onion. Right, probably be good like, on like eggs nature. or an omelet or like you know pepper and egg sandwich. Um, but it wasn't good on just by itself for like a cracker or something, something that me or you could like dilly dally with. And then which one am I missing? There was one that I wanted to get that went out of stock. It was like a horseradish kind of one, which I love horseradish, and it was out of stock right as I put it in my cart. It went out of stock uh, because oh. Christmas and everything, they're going crazy. They, they ship from Canada. Um, yeah, really? and, but it was free shipping. They have a lot of good coupon codes. We should uh, we should talk to our friends in the bro the uh, Brobriety podcast. They're from Vancouver, so they could probably ship ah, us. Yeah, I'm sure it's probably <laughs> like a big thing in Canada. I think it's Nova Scotia they come from. Uh, so I loved all of those ones. The mustard one was okay. I think I got to put it on the right stuff. I'm trying to think of what the last one was. I'm drawing a blank here. Ghost pepper, the habanero moonshine, the mustard. Oh no, the and then the. Uh, the lime cilantro one. I do want to try their garlic one that everybody raves about. I wasn't, I, that may have been out of stock. Um, that's probably a really versatile one. They said uh, that the, the one I tried to get also was very versatile with the horseradish. Like it's not just for like oysters and seafood. You can kind of put it on more. 
Um, so I do look forward to trying that. And uh, I'm sure Jim would really like the Ghost Pepper one. And I haven't tried the Reaper one yet, but I'm sure that's right up his alley because that's probably a little out of my alley because it's really going to be hot. Um, that's like I, when I gave you those peppers. Those peppers are no joke, right, man. Right, I mean, I'm, I'm sure this is more <laughs> along those lines. I haven't opened it yet because I, I haven't had the opportunity to really use it. Uh, it w- I was... I was talking. To, it's funny you mentioned garlic because I just kicked my bottle of um, the Pepper Palace garlic infusion that mm-hmm. I talked about a couple hot sauce hooligans ago, and I only open one at a time, uh, so I'm ready to dive into the next sauce from them. I think it's a scorpion meringue or something. It, it's it's yeah. hot, but I was talking. To, I forgot who I was talking to when they said. You know, when I stopped drinking, I started, I was always into hot sauce. And now my hot sauce collection rivaled my, rivals my liquor collection. Like, was, I don't drink uh. anymore. So, and you know, I replaced those bottles with hot sauce bottles. Right. And the the guy was like, oh, I got like a thousand different <laughs> hot sauces. That, that's crazy. But, because, I, I, you know, I like to drink. I like to drink. I like to uh, use different hot sauces Mm -hmm. one at a time um but i opened a couple and they just sit in the fridge and you're taking up all the space in the fridge and Mm -hmm. it's that's it what sucks is that i didn't know that these canadian maritime madness ones had to be refrigerated after opening and now there's like fucking five of them in the fridge (laughs) you know uh, pro tip i always for all you hot sauce enthusiasts out there I put every bottle of hot sauce I yeah. open in the fridge. I don't care. Um, that's why I do try and do one at a time mm-hmm. and uh, go from there. It's good I've know. narrowed it down because now I'll know if I buy them again which ones I'm going to open and which ones to put in the fridge because uh, I'll know which ones are more versatile. Like the one uh, that I used tonight, the light ghost pepper one, that can be used on everything, and it's got a mighty kick for the you know the light ghost pepper. I think it's like like an 8 out of 10 on the, the hot scale that they use. The, the score yeah, scale, and I mean, yeah. I can only imagine what the regular ghost one is because, I mean, this was really had a kick to it. Like three, like I said, three or four times more than the Mike's Hot Sauce, which I really dig, the Chelsea one. Um, yep. But uh, I do think I'd buy some of these again for sure. Um, what was your thoughts on the Pepper Palace Garlic? Uh, as I said before, I think I talked about that one before. I really liked it. It was like you said, uh, you talked about versatility, and it's it's really good. I put it on pizza, pasta, eggs, chicken. I I mean, to steal Frank's slogan, I put that shit on everything. <laughs> I, I you know, I, I honestly believe in having. I'm trying to find a good table Me hot too. sauce. Kind of like a kind of like a Tabasco mm-hmm. or Frank's, you know, but not that grocery store right. bullshit. Um, so that's what I'm kind of looking for now. The garlic, the garlic fusion from Pepper Palace was really good. Um, so that that's definitely in the running. I want to do like a kind of top three, and then I want to have like a hot sauce where like if you mm-hmm. came over, I'd break it out like almost like that guy was talking to said like when certain right. people come over just like you do with booze you'd break out the good hot you know the the 
barrel aged right. uh, fiery <laughs> hot sauce. It's, you know, it's di- different hot sauces, rare right. hot sauces. If you had lo- like minded people, we got to do that and incorporate it into an episode with like our ranking and which one can make like to be the table hot sauce for each of us. Uh, absolutely. Um, I I enjoy Chelsea too. too, but Chelsea Chelsea's a little hot. Um, but I do like it. That's the only thing I think that keeps it from being the table kind of hot sauce to throw on everything because it's just a little hot. Like I wish I could say that this ghost pepper one, the light ghost pepper, if you have it, will will be that. But it, it's just a little too hot for that. Um, I mean, you could if you wanted to yeah. up your game. That could be. I mean, the moonshine sauce. habanero one is pretty close to a table one in in versatility because it's not that hot. It's got a kick for sure, but it. It kind of has that vinegary Tabasco kind of thing going on. And uh, it's just, you know, much better ingredients and whatnot than the store kind of stuff. The, the the store stuff, to me, it's all garbage, save for Chelsea. Uh, I know you can get Chelsea via hot sauce mm-hmm. at Market Basket, and I think probably yeah, a Big Y places. carries it now. But Big Y, Hannaford's, Walmart, but... All those other sauces, Tabasco, you know, you grew up with them if you're a hot sauce fan. But it, it's the flavor dissipates, and, you know, I'm not going to knock people's hot sauces, but stuff like Tabasco and mm-hmm. in, in France, it isn't for me. I mean, I loved it growing yeah. up. But now we see it for, like, the right. sodium bomb that it is. I mean, that's really all it is. That That's exactly what it is. I, I used to, in my younger days, I put yep. that shit on ramen. I put like tabasco, oh, tabasco yeah. and soy sauce mm-hmm. and ramen, and as we gained the freshman fifty. <laughs> but it's it's all sodium. It's it's garbage. It's not even hot. It's it's yeah. I mean that if I'm if I'm pressed for time and I and I I do like ramen mm-hmm. hacks where like I'll I'll make a ramen mm-hmm. without the packet, and then I do that and I just flavor it. I'll flavor it with like hot sauce or marinade and do vegetables that way sounds good I, I love ramen i would love for us to sometime to go to like one of those real old school ramen places in boston or something uh, uh, i've i've been uh, i've never been i know we used to talk about it but i always wanted to go to like a ramen place or like dim sum or something like that we'll uh we'll we shall. one day um all right so let's shift the focus a little bit um I wanted to do something in spirit of the holidays for the next couple of weeks. And uh, we kind of started touching on this. I think it was last week. I'm pretty sure um, the Christmas movies and, and songs. Um, so I, I would like to say like, I, I want to set out each week to try to watch at least like one Christmassy movie or Christmas classic. So this week uh, I want to try to watch elf, even though, you know, I, it's on all the time, but I haven't really sat down this year to watch it. I've watched Home Alone. I've watched a few others. I watched The End of Christmas Vacation. I'll probably watch the full of that more around Christmas because it's more meaningful for me that way. But I would like to watch Elf because I just watched, if anyone out there has seen it, the new series. Um, it's called The Movies That Made Us on Netflix. I don't know if, Jim, Jim, have you heard of that? Yeah. I believe I have where they talk they talk about the movies yeah. and the impact they and how they made them itself. and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, the first one was just awesome. They did Dirty Dancing, Die Hard, which is also a Christmas movie. People forget uh, Home Alone. And they did uh, Ghostbusters, which was I mean, those were awesome. I mean, they had Dan Aykroyd and all these people 
talking about it. And so they just released one of the Christmas movies that made us, and they have Elf and The Nightmare Before Christmas, which I always, you know, was a big fan of. Remember, my whole room used to be like The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, my life was such a nightmare <laughs> before Christmas. <laughs> one just big dark room. <laughs> Another Tim Burton line. Davey Havoc used that on an A5 record, people. <laughs> um, Davy Havoc, yeah, Davy Havoc has all the Nightmare Before Christmas shit on his arm, right? His tattoos and shit. I, I, I don't know. I don't follow. I just remember commenting on it when I met him. I'm like, oh, know. that's like Tim Burton shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I watched both of them. I, w- I was probably too wasted. <laughs> I, I watched both of um, those movies that made us documentaries. So I do want to watch Elf. I, it, it was really interesting on how it came together. It was the first movie, I think, at the time that John Favre directed. He hadn't made anything else, really, except like a low-budget movie with Vince Vaughn, his buddy. And just the way it came together is really fascinating. So I, I hope people can check this out on Netflix, uh, the whole story behind it, as well as the Nightmare Before Christmas one, because that, that was really cool, too, because I didn't realize what an impact Danny Elfman had on the film as well as like everything Tim Burton does, how they developed that friendship when they first made, you know, Pee Wee's Big Adventure with the music. And I totally forgot that he was in Oingo Boingo. <laughs> He's the lead singer of Oingo Boingo. And um, now, now he's a you know, world famous composer of films. <laughs> I mean, he's done, he's done, oh, he's done oh yeah, he did the Sim. I mean, he does, he did the theme I mean, for the Simpsons, he's right? Not at all. Uh, he's just yeah. awesome. I mean, and you never would realize he's the lead singer of the early '80s band Ogo Boingo from his film work. He did the Batman's. He, did, I mean, he does pro- probably, you know, him and John Williams for film music, you know. And uh, so it was really interesting. I think o- o- Oingo Boingo. I think they were in uh, Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. Oh the yeah, that's right. Yep. That uh, he threw the pot. Yep, after yep. The that was Oingo Boingo. <laughs> Isn't uh, that's a I love that film. Hey, he comes up from the jacuzzi. Hey, these are my nieces. <laughs> we're, we're full of uh, we're full of ruthless knowledge here at the uh, Sober Lens podcast. Um, but yeah, so I do want to watch Elf. It was amazing how it came together. It was like three or four unknowns at the time, like the people who were the producers and the guy who wrote it, this, you know, little known guy, struggling writer, and how they they were able to get it pushed to be a movie. Because, you know, it's very hard to get something made in Hollywood. They say, they mention in this documentary, like, you only hear the word no in Hollywood. When you hear yes, it's a huge deal. And just the, the way it came together made me appreciate the film more. And Elf has become a Christmas classic. And it's it's weird to think that that film is going to be 20 years old pretty soon. So, uh, correct. Yeah. I mean, it's, if, it, if it's a, if it's a good movie, it doesn't take long, you know, 20 years to call something a classic after 20 years. I mean, I guess, yeah, that's true, but you just, you think 20 years and it's like, it doesn't feel like not, that came out 20 know? years ago. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's that and old school he made around the same time. And those really broke him out. And it's amazing that it was that yeah. long ago. It just doesn't feel like that. Uh, I think I think I started working together with Jim, you know, around the time that like Elf came out, and it's just it's just it doesn't it's crazy. <laughs> We've known each other but, too uh, long. Oh friend. yeah, so I I would like 
Jim, uh, if you would try to watch a Christmas movie this week and our, and at least one and all of our, our listeners and viewers on, on all the social media, and then, you know, we'll talk about it in the next podcast. Um, and in the comments sure. and wherever we, we stream and, and whatnot. And then, uh, also, you know, just keep trying to listen to at least one Christmas album. Doesn't matter what kind it is. Um, you know, I was trying to listen to a little bit of everything this week. Nothing really that stuck out as much as some of the jazzy stuff. You know, I even gave the Michael Bublé stuff a shot, which I'm not a big fan of his. But he his Christmas album was pretty good. But yeah, I, I'm just not a fan. I I can't. I'm not a fan. I don't of like Groban either. Josh Groban, like that kind of stuff. But I do like the Harry Connick Jr. stuff. He's kind of swingy. He's like a Sinatra type. Um, but he's also kind of schmaltzy at times. Uh, so, I mean, I, I kept going back to, like, the Dean Martin shit. I don't know if you've listened to any this week, Jim. But I I was honestly, um, I think I sent you and my cousin a couple different bands. But I, I don't know. It's hard for me to listen to Christmas stuff. Um, I did get into some other uh some other jazz i think i sent you the uh butcher brown that's kind of like a mm-hmm. jazz fusion hip-hop and uh i sent you the uh the jamaican uh mm-hmm. jamaican orchestra they were kind of like scarish uh scarish yeah. like swing jazz just some new stuff I've been digging. I, and I'm not one for, again, I, I'm a creature mm-hmm. of habit. I like what I like. I like the mm-hmm. old stuff. I, you know, it's hard for me to get into new bands, but I, two or three bands I listened to in the last week that I really liked their sound uh, were Butcher Brown and uh, the Jamaican Orchestra. Uh, the Jama- I'm sorry, the Jamaican yep. Jazz Orchestra that, uh, I just I like their sound, and uh, I'm going to be purchasing some of their albums. Yep, I'm going to check them out tomorrow. Jim uh, sent me some links earlier today for them. I absolutely loved that Emmanuel Wilkins that you sent me uh, from the best jazz albums of 2020, the Omega. That oh yeah I uh yeah that was that was the other killer. one I, I read an article and it said you know here are the here are the uh the best jazz albums of twenty twenty and it was a lot of newcomers you know because I love all the old mm-hmm. stuff I love Thelonious and I love Miles Davis and I just all this different uh, I've been getting into mm-hmm. a lot of instrumental stuff where I can even even mm-hmm. instrumental uh, records I can put on and you know. W- my kid will be running around <laughs> and you'll be chasing him. You don't feel like you miss anything. If Absolutely. It's, instrumental. it's like, Oh, you know, I don't want to, I love the instrumental stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, that's my favorite on, probably of the Christmas stuff too. Uh, I've, I've been really digging uh, instrumental jazz and mm-hmm. instrumental hip hop and trip hop. And I'm like, a, I'm like a mixed bag. I was telling um, my wife the other day and she knows this. The only thing I really don't like is, the bubblegum bullshit country, which will probably get me a lot of hate mail from our viewers, but I just can't get into it. But, you know, I I do like the outlaw country. I like punk. I like funk. I like, so I like everything class, Mm -hmm. big classic rock fan, you know that, but I just cannot stomach the bubblegum, you know, 
my, my girlfriend left yeah. me. Well, I'm that's at all the it bar is. And, you know, <laughs> two shots deep. She broke my car. Well, it's, like, it's just, it's dumb. I'm not a big fan. To either. me, I, I mean, I, you know, my sister, my sisters will probably show up at my house tomorrow with pitchforks. Like, how dare you say that about right. you know? But uh, I know that. I don't know. Aside from, I do know that uh, I heard a couple of Zach. Yeah, Tom I like some of their stuff. I liked. You know the beat or whatnot, but for the for the most part, anyway. Uh, uh, no, uh, I will uh, give it to you first for your shout out if you'd like. Shout outs. Uh, I just I'm mm-hmm. gonna just plug us, man. So uh, as always, thanks to Ron for the beats. He's at the Key Man One. Uh, I'm at the Sober Lens on all social media. Joe is at Sober Lens Joe on Instagram. Check our bios, hit the links, uh, musicartandbrews.com. Let's connect and let's get sober together and stay sober and power through the holidays. You know, that's where we're about the midpoint of the holidays now. We got to get through. Uh, I know to all our Hanukkah celebrating friends, um, Hanukkah, mm-hmm. I believe, started today. So shout out to everyone that celebrates Hanukkah. And let's get through Hanukkah and Christmas, and I believe Kwanzaa's <laughs> mixed in there somewhere, and um, there might be another holiday, uh, as well as New Year's. So that's coming up too. So let's just be strong and Amen. stay sober together. So uh, I would that's like to give a shout out to uh, f- my friend Tanya Dolly Diva on Instagram if she's listening. Uh, she's a great gal. And uh, she is uh, also in recovery and uh, just want to say stay strong and you're awesome and just keep doing what you're doing. If, uh, and I would like to just uh, quote uh, a verse from the book, the Bible, not the AA book. <laughs> you, you said the book and everyone's um, book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm not opposed to that. Uh, I, I let like your hope books. make you glad. Be patient in time of trouble and never stop praying. Uh, it really rings true from things I've been going through and thinking about lately. Um, but that's all I got. And I hope everyone's staying strong and getting ready to have a safe holiday in these really you know, unpredictable, crazy times we're living in right now. I don't know what's going to happen in our state and others. I know... Um, couple people um have mentioned for on our our instagram that they're coming out of lockdowns in england or canada or whatnot europe so uh just everyone be safe and let's try to just have a as normal a christmas as we can amen amen uh so we'll see you next week and i believe that's all all we got hi everybody so we'll talk to you then have a good